Could your prayer life use a little help? For most of us, if we're honest, we would answer yes. Jesus taught on prayer, and what he had to say was not only informative, it's also encouraging. He affirms that God answers sincere and honest prayers and is not reluctant to do so. Nothing is too big or small for him, and there's no time when our prayers are inconvenient for God. This is the Wisdom Journey, and here's Stephen Davey with today's lesson. In our last Wisdom Journey, Jesus answered the disciples' request to teach them how to pray. The model prayer he taught them was only 36 words in the English language, and it could easily be spoken in less than 20 seconds. But it's a prayer packed with meaning and power. Uh, Still, though, I I can imagine the disciples sort of sitting here now after this lesson thinking, is that it? 36 words? Is this this all? Are we really going to get the attention of God, our Heavenly Father, with a 20-second prayer? Frankly, I think Jesus is reading their minds. He's aware of their questions and their doubts. He's also aware that they really don't know much about God the Father, and that's the deeper issue. I'm convinced the challenging issue when it comes to prayer is not so much that we don't know very well how to pray, but that we don't know very well the living God to whom we pray. So what Jesus does now is he begins teaching his disciples a little more about the nature of God the Father, and he does this by launching into two very interesting parables on the subject of prayer. The first parable is here in chapter 11 of Luke's gospel in verse 5, and he said to them, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. Now, which of you would have a friend like that? Well, the Lord is expecting the disciples to say, well, friends don't act that way. You see, people in this day often traveled at night and they did so to avoid the heat of the day. So they might show up at the homes of family members or friends unannounced, unexpected, in the middle of the night. And in their culture, hospitality was a matter of personal honor. It was a duty. It was was shameful to refuse it. Well, this neighbor doesn't have any food for his unexpected guests, and he's got a crisis on his hands. So he he keeps knocking at his friend's door. And Jesus says here in verse 8, I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is a friend— Yet because of his impudence, that is persistence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. Now, many Christians will read this and say, oh, okay, I get the point. I need to keep pounding on the door in prayer because God will get tired of me knocking and he'll eventually give in and give me what I want. And that's exactly the opposite point Jesus is making. Jesus isn't giving us a comparison. He's giving us a contrast Your friend might be reluctant, but let me tell you, God isn't like your friend. 
God the Father's never going to think once that you're a nuisance. Oh, you know, here he comes again. Here she comes knocking again. No, Jesus says here in verse 9, And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. In other words, there's nothing wrong with being persistent in praying. In fact, persistence uh, reflects your passion. It, It might reflect your predicament. Just know that persistence isn't a means of wearing God down so that, well, he finally gives in. Someone uh, wrote these insightful words that prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. It is laying hold of his willingness. In other words, persistence is not an attempt to change God's mind, but to get ourselves to the place where we accept his answer. Think about it. Every prayer he doesn't seem to answer is answered. Now, the answer might be no, not now, or it might be no, not ever. It might be no, not that. There's something better. Now, many Christians have taken this text to mean that, well, you know, Jesus is giving us a blank, a blank check. You know, you get the answer you want and everything you ask for. Just keep knocking, and God will eventually give you whatever you want. Beloved, true prayer is submitting our will to his. It is not bending his will to ours. You see, the point Jesus is making here is that you can always knock. That's it. You can always seek. You can always ask, because God isn't like that man who's tucked into bed. God is always available. You can't come to him too often. You can't come to him at the wrong time. You can't come to him with something uh, too small. See, Jesus is describing God the Father as always reachable. Now, Jesus is going to describe God the Father as always honorable. And that's the point of the second parable, which begins here at verse 11. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish— Will instead of a fish, give him a serpent. Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. Well, here in this illustration, a man's son wants some fish for lunch, but his father slips him a snake. (laughs) Well, more than likely, uh, the snake referenced here is a tiny water snake often used in these days as fishing bait. So instead of a fish, he hands his son some, some fishing bait. Or, Jesus says, you have a son who wants an egg to eat, and his father hands him a dead scorpion, which when, you know, when it's dead, it rolls up to about the size of an egg. So Jesus is saying, uh, can you imagine a father doing this to his son? Well, the Lord is expecting a negative response. Uh, of course not. Uh, uh, no decent father would do that. Even the most sinful fathers wouldn't deceive their children like that. Now, it is possible that you might, you might find some father on earth that disgraceful, that deceitful, that dishonorable, but God is not like any father on earth. He's honorable, and he will never deceive his children. He's never going to look for ways to harm them. See, Jesus is answering the questions we have about prayer. Does my heavenly father really care about me? Is God really listening to me? Does he ever get tired of me? 
Is he really willing to help me? And the answer to all of that is yes. He cares. He hears. He knows. Your heavenly Father is the perfect Father. And that's the point of the parable here. As Jesus says now here in verse 13, If you then, who are evil or sinful, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? If an earthly father loves to give good gifts, imagine how thrilled God the Father is in sending his gifts to us, including, he mentions here, the gift of the Holy Spirit who now dwells us and guides us today. So as you go spend some time praying to your heavenly Father, do so with the knowledge and the confidence that he's available and his intentions are always honorable. You see, prayer can be a conversation you begin in the morning and you continue at times throughout the day. I remember reading about the time when Billy Graham arrived at the Today Show studio. He was going to be interviewed on live television. When he arrived, one of his assistants uh, was informed that a little private room had been set aside for prayer before the broadcast would begin. Billy Graham's assistant explained that the room uh, wasn't going to be needed. Well, that television staff member was a little surprised that Billy Graham wouldn't want to pray some before going on a live television show. And his assistant had to explain, well, Mr. Graham started praying when he got up this morning, and he prayed while eating his breakfast, and he prayed on the way over here in the car, and he'll, he'll probably be praying throughout the interview. That's a wonderful example of a conversational prayer life, but it's based on the biblical revelation of the nature and person of God the Father. He's always reachable. He's always honorable. He's always available. So you can come to him with the simplest, most sincere prayer anytime and all the time, knowing that he hears and he welcomes you and he will answer to your benefit, to what's best for you. Ultimately, for the sake of his own glory. Well, until our next study together, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. This is The Wisdom Journey with Stephen Davey, and he called this lesson how to get the attention of God. It was important to Jesus that his disciples and us understand prayer. But prayer can be especially difficult when the answer God has is different from the answer you hoped for. Stephen has a resource to help you. It's a booklet called When the Answer is No. Visit wisdomonline.org forward slash no to get your copy. Then come back next time to continue your wisdom journey.